Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's a football podcast. Join me and Paul as we delve into the world of football, talk about what's been going on in the last week, talk about the games from last week, talk about the upcoming games, and then let's see if I can beat the jock. If you're checking us out on YouTube, nice one, there's a video and everything. If you are there and you haven't subscribed, do click that button, it's a big help. If you just like listening along, that's fine. SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts, you can subscribe there too, and that also helps out. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the Riverside Roundup. Right then, if uh, if there are no audio issues this end, just uh, the issues that apparently I can't write down two teams on a piece of paper correctly. But that's uh, that's an inside joke and doesn't make sense to people that aren't on the aren't in the know. Um, let's skip past all of that and Paul, tell us which podcast we're doing right here, right now. Well, Andrew, as it's the two of us and. Uh, the uh, as as discussed last week, the the new guest host, as uh, as he was being described as last week, as uh, you know, managed to slip through the net again. Um, it, it, it must have to be the uh, it must have to be the Riverside Roundup, mustn't it? It must. Well, it must indeed. Strap yourselves in, ladies and gentlemen, because you're going to have at least at least 30, 30 minutes plus of. Uh, Football nonsense chatter. Footballery, as it's known. Mm-mm-mm. So, um, this is this is a real tight format. We like uh, we like it real tight on the Riverside Roundup. Uh, at least I read that on a toilet door, anyway. Um, so, our first segment, if that's what it goes by. Is a, is a little segment we like to call This Week in Football, where Paul tells you lovely people what's been going down in the world of football in the last seven-ish days. What's happened in the last week? Out or out? Again, I've, uh, I've actually made notes of, of, a, of, a, of a kind this week. So, I have two things to raise. We'll go with the negative first, and then we'll, we'll end with a positive, as should always be the way. So the negative, sadly, we haven't had anything like this for a while, um, which means that Andy probably knows where we're going with this, as will the ardent followers of the podcast. But sadly, unfortunately, the racism has reared its ugly head. Um, it was uh, a game in Spain between Cadiz and Valencia. Um, the Valencia defender, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name here, so apologies, but I believe it's Mukhtar Diakabi, um, alleged that he was racially abused by the Cadiz player Juan Cala. Um, they had a bit of a coming together in the first half where um, I believe Cala felt he was fouled by Diakabi. Um, and then has said something that 
the Akabi has taken to be a racist remark. Juan Cala has, has, has reportedly denied all allegations of this. But what it did involve was that all the Valencia players could see that Diakabi was was quite um, sort of emotionally sort of stricken by it and, and whatnot. And um, as a unit, the, the team walked off the pitch. Um, so fair play to the Valencia team Absolutely. for batting together and, uh, and walking off the pitch. They did later return and complete the game. Um, so obviously the game just had a momentary pause and then they, they came back and um, completed the game, uh, but yeah, as it as it stands, um, it's still the sort of investigation into it is still ongoing, uh, and, we'll, and we'll wait to see if anything else can be proven or, or disproven as as the case is. So yeah, just a shame that it's uh, it's reared its head again, really. But um, that's the that's the bad of this week. But obviously, with bad. There is good, and from obviously the massively negative nature of the racism activity that's happened, we go to the positive side, where this week there was the first female referee to take uh, to take charge of a men's football league match in history. Um, the lady in question was a woman by the name of Rebecca Welch, and she was in charge of Harrogate versus Port Vale in League Two. Um, it's uh, it, it came up on a lot of social media that she'd previously taken charge of a number of matches in the National League this uh, this season. Uh, I think she'd been involved in some Hartlepool games. I saw there was a couple of people that I follow on uh, on social media that are uh, Pools fans, and they said that whenever she was involved in um, games with them earlier this season, she'd done a, a marvelous job. You know, no different to anything that a man could do. I mean, at the end of the day all you're doing is basically watching the game and giving your opinion on whether you think something's a foul or something if, if you if you think something untoward has taken place so why why shouldn't a woman be able to do that you know um so yeah just uh nice to see that we we're, we're moving forward with uh with that element of the game obviously there's there's been um female assistant referees that have run the line for the, for the last number of years so this is just the next step on the on the uh, on the ladder so to speak um, so hopefully the, she'll be put in charge of a few more games between now and the end of the season and uh, we might even see a few more women come through and uh, get the chance it's weird isn't it because obviously in like that that's quite a, a progressive thing as you know in the, in this day and age you know um, obviously any anybody listening or watching the podcast might be aware that uh we we also dabble in the uh, in the NFL from time to time and obviously they've been making this you know big push and this big thing about female um officials and stuff in the NFL it's all all, all of that's great but then if we go back to our first point in the this week in football where you know there are aspects of football that are firmly in the dark ages and it's like it's great that we're doing things from one aspect, but can't we kind of bring up that other side? And, you know, again, going back to... I don't want to go back to it, but um, the, the fact that the whole team had walked off the pitch, fantastic. The fact that um, the fact that they, as a team, banded together. Uh, you know, I don't know how I feel about them 
them coming back. Obviously, they're there to do a job, but no, no, nobody goes to work to be abused in any way, shape, or form. So, I, I have, I have often felt a long time felt that there just needs to be, you know, sterner penalties for this sort of stuff, and it needs stamping out. It needs getting rid of, because, like I say. Where you know it's becoming quite progressive in a lot of ways, but just just not in others. And I know there have there have been moves to to make that side of things better, but it's still happening. You know, yes, it's been a few weeks since it's been mentioned, but it gets mentioned far too much. So yeah, hopefully we'll see uh, we'll see a bit more a bit more of a change in that arena. So was that was that it for for this week? That's that's all I've got really. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing else, nothing else that, that jumped off the page for me particularly. So, speaking of jumping off the page, that means it's time to open the book now. I have done the scores, uh, as we as we can see by my scribblings here. I. Uh, I conferred with Mr. Williams earlier, who informed me, no, you've done it wrong, you muppet. So, uh, so the book's a mess again. Um, it, it's, co- it's coming to that point in time where I might have to uh, finally get an assistant or something. Uh, we did have uh, hashtag guest, guest host uh, last week, so uh, there was three three people picking. Three people picking four games. However, this week, just the two games to predict. Um, so, we've got four games to go through. I'm not going to spoil anything, but... Yeah. First of the games to talk about here is AFC Bournemouth going up against uh, the Mighty Borough. Um, mm. So... I imagine you probably want to get through this one as quickly as as possible. What was the score in this game? Well, if we if we journey back momentarily to last week's podcast, I believe I did use the phrase Middlesbrough never do well at Bournemouth. And sadly, that proved to be the case. Uh, unfortunately, Bournemouth ended up the victors in a three-one scoreline. Yeah, uh, this was <laughs> this was the one where I was like, I wish I'd have waited until uh, until you, you and Stu uh, had had gone through the scores before putting down my my one-nil win to Middlesbrough. Um, yes, yes, you are you are absolutely spot on. It was a three-one. Um, it was a three-one defeat, unfortunately. Um, do you, off the top of your head, know the goal scorers? I don't off the top of my head, Andrew, but I do have my handy assistant with me that can tell me all the details that we need. You can go. To so the, the three Bournemouth goals were scored by Philip Billing, Jefferson Lerma, and Dominic Solanke. Indeed. Indeed. The one Middlesbrough reply was scored by Duncan Watmore. Indeed. 
Now then, um, as I've already said, I went with a 1-0 Middlesbrough win, and I did not pick the goal scorer, so uh, I am out of the room in this one. Um, Paul, uh, rightly or wrongly, you know, you, I think you were hopeful, even though you, you and Stu did go through how uh, Bournemouth absolutely... Uh, whatever. Uh, so you went with a draw. Um... When I when I went to look at who'd scored the goals, I was like, "Oh, at least he'll be happy. He uh, he got one of the goal scorers." And then I was like, "No, I've done that thing again where I've looked at the assists." So uh, unfortunately, uh, of your two goals predicted, neither uh, neither of those were goal scorers. And then that brings us to Stu's prediction because Stu predicted a Bournemouth win, two nil, uh, point right there. Uh, he also picked. Salanki to score points right there. So two for Stu and uh, me and Paul are still uh, still lavishing back in the changing rooms right now. But it's fine because there's still three games to go and I reckon things are going to turn around. Because we're talking Watford versus Sheffield Wednesday. Now then, what was the score in this game? Well, the, the score was a, a rather unpredictable Watford 1, Sheffield Wednesday 0. When you, when you say unpredictable? No. no I, think, I think some people knew exactly what well, this score was going to be. The, the only reason I say unpredictable is the fact that Watford were on a run of five wins and Sheffield Wednesday are, for want of a better phrase, fucking dog shit. Um, and the game was predicted so. Do you know who scored the one goal in this game? I do, I do. It was an own goal by Sheffield Wednesday's Tom Lees. I mean, that's, that's not the answer, is it? I don't even think it's the question. It's not really the answer you want to hear. <clears throat> what it wasn't... Was uh, it was not scored by success? Which uh, I mean, the fact that 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 guy's not scoring every goal. I mean, he didn't even start the game, from what I understand. I mean, that's just we'll, that's... we'll come on to him. We'll come on to him in the next in the next game at least. But for now, he did not start. In fact, let's have a look. Let's have a look if he even got involved. Um, do you know what? I tell an absolute lie, he started the game. He played there the first go. 61 minutes and then was unceremoniously subbed. So, well, yeah. I'm talking at my heavy bottom. So, follow me along here, because, Mr Williams, you predicted 3-0 to Watford. Now, it's not, it's not the big points, but it is points. That's one point for you, sir. Uh, unfortunately, you did not follow up by getting the goal scorer. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna skip ahead a second. Uh, Stu, Stu was all over this one. Four-one from Stu. Obviously, not quite four-one, uh, but it is points. Of his four goal scorers, didn't manage to pick the uh, the goal scorer in question. Now I can't talk because, as we've already discussed, I did not pick the goal scorer. I did pick Watford to win 1-0 there. Two points. 
Uh, I should not get cocky about that because I believe. Oh no, not quite my only points of the week. <laughs> Speaking of Watford, Watford went up against Middlesbrough, and that's our next game that we have predicted. Uh, I imagine some people, although may not be happy with a draw, might be happy with a score. Let's say. Let's find out. What was the score in this game, Paul? Well, Andrew, the, go- the score in this game finished Middlesbrough 1, Watford a 1. Correctamundo. Goal scorers, if you will. Goal scorers were a first Middlesbrough goal for Yannick Balassi. And uh, a 10th goal of the season for Ishmael Saar. Interesting. More interesting because that's not why I've got written down. So I need to uh, I need to address that one. Because, uh, yeah, I've obviously looked at the wrong thing there. Who did you have written down? I have McNair written down. I think you have been looking at the assists. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. Um, so I'm just going to put something here, and I'm just going to cross something out here, and then I'm going to feel really... Just cross that out as well, because that, that, that. So now I can confirm my only points this week over that other game. Boo-hoo-hoo. Um, in... As Stu would say, in no particular order, apart from reverse order, because that'll make it feel better. Um, Stu didn't go for a draw. He went for a two... uh, He went for a one-two for uh, Watford to win. Um, But did pick Middlesbrough's goal scorer. So, uh, points right there. Did he go Balassi? He absolutely did. Um, I went for Middlesbrough to win 2-0 didn't get that and uh, as as I've now corrected the scoreline I also did not get the the goal scorer now then although no correct goal scorers were picked a correct prediction of a 1-1 does go to Mr. Williams, and he does get himself two fantastic points. So, some people, some people might think, well, that's good, you know, a couple of points here, a couple of points there, you know, keep those points rolling. Um, the, the only way to really finish, finish out the week is to finish strong, in my opinion. Um, not for me, though, because I can't pick Toffee. Luton Town versus Barnsley is our next game to discuss. Um, do you have the scores? I most certainly do, Andrew. Again, referring to my assistant over here, the game finished Luton Town 1, Barnsley 2. Correct. Goal scorers. 
Only two goal scorers, according to my book. Your goal scorers for Luton. James Collins. For Barnsley, excuse me, it was a brace for Daryl DK. Now, what's interesting there, again, in no particular order apart from reverse order, uh, Stu went for a draw, a 1-1, uh, did not pick up the goal scorers. I followed suit. No? I followed suit. I also went with a 1-1 draw. And guess what? Didn't get the goal scorers either. Now then, my book here says that Paul went with a 1-2, which is... Uh, Isn't that funny? Which is, is the correct score. Uh, that's two points. The only way to get more points would be to correctly predict that Collins would score the goal for Luton Town and then to mm, mm, sweeten the pot by going uh, going and getting the other goal scorer for, for Barnsley. Uh, four points out of that game. I mean, obviously it's never been a, it's never been a thing, but that, that should come with a bonus point really, shouldn't it? If you get the game spot on, two points for your correct score and getting the correct goal scorers. I mean, absolutely. You have as many points as you want. If you can, if you can pull that one off, I think, I think in 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 all these years, I think there may be like you know less than a handful of times that's happened. Uh, it's an absolute absolute stonker. Um, you know what? I think off the top of my head. It's the second time I've done it. Because oh. I do recall once where I picked a QPR Middlesbrough game and I went 1-1 and got both the goal scorers. So I have got previous, if you want to put it that way. Priors. Um, it's, good, it's going to come as absolutely no surprise at this point in time. The Paul has smashed the week. Um, didn't start out all that strong. There was just one, whereas myself and Stu, uh, um, I had I had two, and Stu had three, uh, and then we just we just fell apart at the back end of the week by Stu getting one point, me getting no points, and Paul romping home with six points for the back end. <sighs> Give that man an award. So. That is uh, that is in the book in the history books done and dusted. Uh, can Paul repeat this performance? I think he's on a roll. Let's find out. Because what we're going to talk about here is just the two games this week, and those two games start with Barnsley versus Middlesbrough. Uh, as is the way, I uh, I write down what is bound to be an incorrect prediction, and then I try and play. Russian roulette with can I actually get anybody that plays for the teams in question? Um, I've gone, I've gone in on this one. So why don't you give me your prediction, and I'll tell you how it stacks up against you know my prediction. So I think, I think Barnsley are kind of the form team in the league really at the moment. It was Watford, and then obviously they hit the juggernaut that was the mighty Borough. 
Um, and uh, they, they, they were on a run of six wins in a, in a spin. Um, obviously, that was halted. Um, however, I don't think that Borough have got it in them to do it again. Um, so, sadly, I will have to go for Barnsley 2, Middlesbrough nil for this one. Ooh. Goal scorers. Uh, well, I think uh, I think our boy DK is going to get at least one of them. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it on last week's uh, podcast, but he's uh, absolutely massive. He got mentioned. He got a little mention. Uh, I think he's. I think he's just too. I just think he's too strong for our central defenders. I think he'll just bully him all game. So I won't be surprised if he gets one. Um, and. They've got a player called Alex Mowat who has scored against us in the past for Leeds and may possibly have done so for Barnsley as well. So stick him down to get the other one. Okay. Now I'm gonna steal I'm gonna steal something that you often like to roll out, which is Middlesbrough do well against better teams. So I've gone with a one nil to Middlesbrough. Morsey to score. Why not? Why not? I'm on a I'm on a run of uh, getting no points. I might as well, con- you know, complete the trifecta. Um, our other game of the week to talk about is uh, is Queens Park Rangers, formerly known as uh, QPR, versus uh, a returning team in Sheffield Wednesday. Um, again, I've gone in on this one already. So it's up to you to give me your prediction. Thoughts? Well, Sheffield Wednesday, yesterday, decided that they were going to take the form book, tear it up into tiny little pieces and just scatter it over everyone's Easter Monday breakfast slash tea as it didn't the game didn't take place until 5.30. So it would be very, very, very silly for them to be, people to be having it for their breakfast. Um, but they beat Cardiff 5-0. Uh, and Sheffield Wednesday were bottom of the league at this point, and Cardiff were just on the outskirts of the playoffs. So wow. that was a bit of a strange one. Um, I have got for a Queen's Park Rangers 1, Sheffield Wednesday 1. Okay, goal scorers. I believe that QPR have a player called Lyndon Dykes. I will just check that. I believe he scored against Nottingham Forest yesterday. Yes. Lyndon Dykes. And for Sheffield Wednesday, I'll go for Rhodes. Um, I've gone with... Rhodes. I've gone with uh, Sheffield Wednesday to win this one. Nil one. Uh, I have also gone for Rhodes. 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 Well, Andrew, as we're doing this, I'll give you your odds live. Go on. So you have gone two one nil away victories mm-hmm. at seven to one and seventeen to two, respectively, giving you, sir, a double of seventy five to one. Yeah, that's not bad. Obviously. 
as we discussed potentially off the podcast, um, I have because we had a run of losing bets. I uh, changed the stance from investing a pound in these bets to investing fifty pence in these bets. So you won't be getting a return of seventy-six pounds. You will, in turn, be getting a return of thirty-eight pounds for your fifty pence. I uh, I hope that is acceptable to you, sir. I accept those terms. As it's not my money, because I, I, I on the other hand, I should absolutely send you some money. On the other hand, my fifty pence will return thirty thirty pounds and eighty eight pence on my sixty point seven five to one shot. Okay, so that's that. That's that's the way it works. That's the system. Um, it's in the book. We will re- return to this point in time next week. And talk about how Paul managed to get like absolutely all of it right, and I was uh, way out because that's the way we does it. A little segment that's been brought in to this podcast, and it's something that I do urge uh, listeners, watchers, uh, and anybody related to uh, listeners and watchers, not by blood, obviously, just you know by proxy, uh, to get involved. Um, Paul has an extensive knowledge of the game of football going all the way back to pretty much the dawn of time and it's not been confirmed yet but he might actually be able to see the future so I like to uh, I like to troll the internet that might not be the right way to say that I don't I don't think that that that's probably not the right way to anyway and I go looking for for the tough questions. I like to I like to ask the hard questions. Uh, and this is a segment we call "Beat the Jock." So it's one question rather than doing a, a quiz or, a, or that sort of thing. One question, one chance, and I give it a go to beat the jock. Uh, we've had a bit of a run of a uh, bit of ups and downs. I had a bit of a bit of a winning streak going. Uh, and then it was dashed by a, a terrible choice of a question. So, I've picked one where I'm like, you're going to know the answer. But I thought I'd ask it anyway. And I picked what I know is a format of question that you personally love. It's who am I? So. Oh, no. I'm going to read. Never good at these. I'm going to read. The who am I? And I want you to give me the answer. Here we go. I made my international debut for Brazil in 1993 and scored in the game. I played in two World Cup finals and my club career saw me play in Brazil, Italy, Angola, Spain, Greece and Uzbekistan. Who am I? <laughs> so I've, I've only actually got it from the Uzbekistan and Greece at the end. Um, I believe you are Rivaldo. You are correct. I am. I am actually Rivaldo. 
damn it. And yeah, it was one of those. I was like, there's absolutely no way he's not getting this. But, you know, you got to try these things. you got to give it a go. Better luck next time, Mr. Cook. That brings us to the the final segment there. The, the last drop-in. It's, uh, uh, it's known as any other business. Um, I personally don't have any. Um, so, so there's that. Uh, Paul, any other business, sir? Um, I suppose there is just one small bit. Um, returning to the refereeing thing, obviously in the This Week in Football we had mm-hmm. the um, first female taking charge of a men's football league fixture. Um, we there was something that came out earlier today that the the first Sikh uh, religious people will be taking charge of a game in the championship. Let me just find the article on Sky Sports. And we'll go into it in a bit more depth. Um, so, Sikh referees to make championship history. This is from the Sky Sports app. British South Asian officials Bups and Sonny Singh Gill to make championship history when Bristol Bristol City host Nottingham Forest. Bups named assistant referee Sonny fourth official. Powderweb says brothers have excelled. Dermot Gallagher says pair show it's there if you want it. So Sikh brothers Bups and Sonny Singh Gill will make football English football league history this weekend when they become the first pair of British South Asians to officiate in the same championship match. Uh, Butts and Sonny, sons of the first turbaned Sikh to referee in the English Football League, Jarnail Singh, will be part of the officiating quartet for Saturday's game between Bristol City and Nottingham Forest. The match takes place on April the 10th, ahead of the Spring Harvest Festival of, oh my word, apologies to all Sikhs, as um, I'm going to absolutely butcher this one, um, ahead of the Spring Harvest Festival of Vaisakhi early next week. Vaisakhi is widely celebrated in India and beyond and is Sikhism's most important festival. So there you go. So another another thing that's, uh, you know, progressing the game forward, bringing more Absolutely. cultures, races, religions into the game, which proves again that football is all-encompassing and does bring creeds, colours, races all together. Good to Fantastic. see. Fantastic. Well, like I say, um, if if they could if they could hurry up and drag themselves out of the dark ages in other areas, I, you know, we we seem to be charging ahead full steam. In certain places, they're they're just lagging behind in others. Um, so you know, fingers crossed, we might see a, a shift on that front too ooh, soon. Ooh. And one final, I think we have mentioned it in the last couple of weeks, but. The idea of postponing the League Cup final, mm. which is usually played at the end of February slash start of March, was so that the hope was that they'd be able to have fans in attendance. Indeed. It came out last week that they are going ahead with the game and they hope to have 8,000 fans in attendance. Nice. So there we go. I'm assuming that means it will be 4,000 each from Man City and from Spurs, but... 
who knows? At this point, they may just pick 8,000 people from the London area and just say, mm. you're there as our test as our test subject. Yeah, potentially. Um, and I imagine that will be the first of the test events that they want to uh, get out of the way. Obviously, there's talk of doing the last round of games in the Premier League season as well. And then, obviously, that'll be a, like a, a run-in to the start of the European Championships where I'm assuming they'll want to get as many people in as possible, but obviously safety is the first priority. Um, and if they can come up with some either some form of ultra-quick COVID screening programme, such as the lateral flow tests, yeah. um, then that would be the ideal situation. Otherwise, I suppose they would do the heat scan of um, people's body temperatures, and if it's below a certain level, they're okay to go in and whatnot. And then we'll just go from there. So, Absolutely. Yeah, happy days. It's going, in the right, it's going in the right direction. Fantastic. Well, keep keep tuned keep tuned to this channel because, uh, as, as we know, we'll bring all the football news that we can week in and week out. And uh, maybe it's a sign of things returning to normal. We shall see. Anything else from you? No, sir. Well, then that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of the podcast. Uh, as I keep saying, I encourage you to get in on the action on Beat the Jock. Uh, it's kind of kind of a, a fun game trying to trying to preempt the uh, the you know what might what might Paul know and what might Paul not know. Uh, a rule of thumb is everything, so you got to go real obscure. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much to you, sir, for bringing these lovely people the footballing news and information. And until next week, next time, I'm going to say bye to you and bye to these people. So, uh, goodbye. So, there you go. What do you think of that? Another one done. Another week of games gone. Another week of games to look forward to. YouTube watchers, do subscribe. Why don't you drop us a comment? How about this? Jump on social media. Tell us you want to beat the jock. Give it a crack. And we'll read out your question. How's that? Audio listeners. Subscribe where you can. Where you get your podcasts from. Because it's a big help. No matter how you get your uh, your audio goodness. So that's it for this one. Until next time. I'm going to say bye. And I'll see you then. Bye.